Hey guys, and welcome back to Zachary Reality. I am your host, Zachary Reality, and we are here with the 17th episode of my podcast. And I am so excited to be back on my podcast because this is my happy place, getting behind the camera, getting behind the microphone, lights, camera, action, record me, vlog me, zoom me, do all of the things. You know, guys, I am coming off a very, very rough weekend. If you have been following me on Instagram, I have shared my rough weekend journey. Well, my weekend was amazing, but it started off really rough because I ended up cracking my neck. And yes, you heard that correctly. So on Thursday night, which was last week, I went to lay down on my pillow and I heard a double crack in my neck, like (laughs) exactly how you would imagine it. I think it was just the way I laid on my back and then my pillow. I don't even know how it happened, but I ended up pulling a muscle in my neck. So when I say crack, I mean like cracked a muscle kind of. So I ended up falling asleep that night because I was really exhausted. And when I woke up the next morning, I could not move my neck. Very, very unfortunate and very scary because it's one thing to hurt like your arm, your leg, your toe, your thumb, your nose, or even your shoulder, but to hurt your neck where you can't even rotate your own head was truly very terrifying. I knew I wasn't like dying, but like I was still very scared because it's something that has never happened to me before. So when I woke up the next morning, my neighbor ended up taking me to the emergency room and my neck was in a lot of pain. The doctor kind of described it as like a Charlie horse, but like you pulled a neck muscle and it kind of lasts a little bit longer and it was an excruciating pain. I mean, I wasn't dying. I was probably being dramatic, but like I also wasn't being dramatic because that shit's scary as fuck. But like, it was truly like traumatizing. And I ended up going to the ER. I had to wait like an hour in the emergency room because obviously it wasn't an emergency to the doctors, just to me. And they ended up, you know, putting me in the hospital bed. They gave me a shot, a muscle pain relief killer to kind of ease everything. And I ended up feeling better later in the day. My neck was definitely stiff for a day or two, but it was pretty painful. Everything is totally okay. Like we are alive, we are surviving and we are still thriving. And then I kind of had to rest for another day into my weekend. And then when I ended up finally having the courage to go out on Saturday night, that is when I got my phone stolen, which was extremely unfortunate and just not something that I was looking forward to in my life, having my phone stolen because everybody hates when that happens to them. I feel like it's happened to everyone. You either lose your phone or it was stolen. I'm saying it was stolen because I'm trying to play victim, but in reality, I probably lost it when it fell out of my pocket at a bar. So that was super unfortunate. And I had to get a new phone the next day, which was $519 out of my own pocket. So that is extremely, extremely unfortunate. But other than that, I had a great weekend just to kind of catch you guys up. I went to an awesome networking event in Beverly Hills with a bunch of other, you know, entertainment hosts in LA. And then I ended up going to a pool party on Sunday and reconnected with some friends from elementary school. So it was actually kind of a great weekend, how it ended off. And I'm also super happy FYI with my new iPhone 12 plus with the triple camera, great quality. Yes, bad bitch. Yes, bad bitch. Yes, bad bitch. But it was actually like a super traumatizing weekend to start. But I want to put that all behind me and just kind of go into this week with like my head held high and getting my shit together. And how can I not be excited when I just had motherfucking Serena fucking Kerrigan on my podcast this week? Yes, today's guest is Serena Kerrigan. So if you guys are tuning in for Serena, let me just say hi. Like I'm Zachary, like nice to meet you. Like this is my motherfucking life. But we do have Serena Kerrigan on today's episode of the podcast, and she is going to be coming on in just a couple of minutes. Um, You guys may know Serena from Instagram. She had her own reality show on Instagram called Let's Fucking Date, where she literally dated a bunch of single guys. She lives in New York City, 
on Instagram Live during the pandemic. And there was actually three seasons of her show. And she talks all about how she started Let's Fucking Date, how she built her own brand, how she came up with her own card game and how she became the queen of confidence. You know, she was a confidence coach giving people lots of confidence and courage. And you may have seen that on Siesta Key this season. Yes, she was also on Siesta Key and she talks all about that. And she really has a lot on her plate and just a lot of success in her life. Um, One of my friends DM'd me when they saw that she was on my podcast and they were like, that bitch runs New York. I was like, all right, well, I'm in LA. You guys know I grew up in New York. I'm not in New York, but if I was in New York, then damn, I'm glad that I had her on my podcast if she runs New York. But anyway, I'm not going to fucking ass kiss her because she is awesome. Just kind of like a down to earth, cool chick as well. And I'm really excited for you guys to get to know her a little bit better. If you guys don't know Serena fucking Kerrigan. And honestly, guys, she does describe herself as like her name is Serena fucking Kerrigan. It's not Serena Kerrigan. I'm not just adding the fucking like it's literally Serena fucking Kerrigan. So I'm so excited that she's going to be on my podcast episode today. There is so much fun and exciting things to talk to Serena about. And we do talk all about CS key which is the new reality show that serena has got herself on this is season four of siesta key and i am a huge fan of siesta key so i was so excited when i found out that serena was coming on this season as a friend role to give advice to juliet and help her with her branding for her swimsuit line and if you guys have been watching siesta key this season you are going to love Love, love this podcast episode because we dish all on Siesta Key and Serena gives us so many behind the scenes things that happened on the Palm Island, which is where they have been filming the majority of the season and definitely gives us a little bit more insight into what happened between Kelsey and Juliet. Because if you guys have not been watching, Kelsey and Juliet have been feuding all season long over their competitive swimsuit lines. There's been a lot of jealousy and just recently on Siesta Key, Kelsey got slapped in the face by Juliet. Juliet slapped Kelsey in the face and it was so, so dramatic. And Serena definitely talks a lot about that in today's podcast episode and a lot just more about Siesta Key. And I'm just so excited to have her on. This is my first cast member from Siesta Key. And I also love that I have Serena on because not only is she an influencer and a content creator, um, and she also has been working in entertainment for a decade, but she also is a reality star. And y'all know this is a reality TV themed podcast. We stand reality TV and we stand influencers. And that's kind of what my podcast has been about since the beginning. I've been having a lot of different influencers, content creators, reality stars. So Serena just really encompasses everything I would want in a podcast episode guest. So I'm going to play my interview with Serena. I really hope that you guys are looking forward to hearing it. And I will touch base with you guys at the end of the episode. Okay, we are here with the influencer, entrepreneur, and somehow the fairy godmother of Siesta Key, the one and only Serena fucking Kerrigan. Serena, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's also, um, it's icon, not influencer. Oh, shit. I did not do my research. Yeah, you messed up. Do you want to like uh, take it back? Yeah, <laughs> let's let's just redo that again, okay? Let's roll back the fucking tape. Um, well, welcome to my fucking show. I feel like I'm going to have to say fucking every single All time. opportunity I get because that is who we're with. Serena Icon fucking Kerrigan. Is that better? Yes, perfect. Okay, because you have a lot of hats, so I literally don't even know where to start with you because you've been like doing all of the things for so long. And now you've ended up on my, one of my favorite reality TV shows. So I was like, this bitch needs to come on my podcast. Where can we even start? How did you get started in entertainment? Um, I've, oh, my parents are in the industry. Um, and I grew up, you know, acting and all that. I was the theater nerd. 
Um, I just, I did acting classes. I always just love performing. I was like the kid that was like getting up on the table, like making her parents like watch her dance. Like I would do that. And then it'd be like, okay, like you're not a good dancer, but sure. <laughs> um, but like, I was very much always like interested in entertainment and, you know, I, my parents are divorced. I'm an only child. So I would spend every other day with my parents, like every other, I would go back and forth between their apartments. They lived a block away from each other. They're very close friends. So I would literally like a night, you know, it's not like, I don't know if like you come from this similar situation, but like, you know, when you're alone at a very young age with just one parent, it's not like the parents are talking, you're in like on your iPad, not mm-hmm. that, right? Like you're yeah. very much like with an adult in the room from a very young age. And so what I used to do with my dad was watch feature films. What I used to do with my mom is watch reality TV. So I just grew up like dissecting, you know, narratives and content from a very young age. So it really is no surprise that I got into this industry. I also took my first film class when I was 15, made a movie, one best film in my high school. It was about a guy that broke my heart. It was like autobiographical. Uh And immediately I was like, this is what I want to do. And this is pre-TikTok, pre like I was lugging a head camera with all the equipment, Uh but I, you know, it was just super, I was super interested by it. And then I worked at Refinery29 for three and a half years as a video producer there. Uh, because it was the pre-creator boom where like, if I wanted to create content, like other than being a YouTuber, like working at a publication, like was the way to do it. Mm-hmm. And so I was talent there and I, you know, I, I did so much stuff. I did a lot of live content and then I quit my job and then started my own empire. As was- you, yeah. Um, this is kind of random, but you know, Jacqueline Schwartz, she was, she works at Refinery29. She was from The Bachelor. I don't. Okay. She has a really funny sense of humor, just like you. She was on Bachelor Pad back in the day. I don't know how long you've been watching The Bachelor or if you do watch The Bachelor. No, I've never seen Bachelor Pad. Okay. It was like the OG Bachelor in Paradise. And it was so fucking right. good. It was just yeah. genius. Um, so you're working at Refinery29. When did you kind of decide to get into like influencing? How did that kind of transition? Um, I think that it was just kind of like the fact that I was talent at Refinery that, you know, I was speaking to a large audience and it kind of happened naturally but I also like you know created this persona when I was in college SFK she was the queen of her life it was just to make me feel very confident about myself but I had a lot of fun playing with this character on social media you know like she's always at a red carpet she's always glam so you know I really liked playing with this character and like building a voice for her and I think that people were attracted to that because and then you know over time I realized okay like if this character made me feel confident how can I you know translate that into something that makes other people feel confident and then how can I monetize upon that and so mm-hmm. that was kind of what I started to do I also just realized through my work at refinery that I had this gift that I could talk to anyone and make them feel comfortable and confident about sharing their story no matter how taboo it is you know to really like speak about themselves and to share who they are without shame and once I kind of nailed that then I just started to brand myself as the queen of confidence like I literally just decided right. and then yeah it took off from there but I think there's you know a real like misconception about growth and about building your brand that it's like it happens overnight like if you really think about it I've actually been building this brand since I was 18 years old and Mm -hmm. I'm 27 so it's been a long time in the making and I think it was really the pandemic that made me just sit in my fucking apartment and work like I think like you know I'm grateful for the pandemic for that reason that I like wasn't distracted because we all know how much I love going out. Mm-hmm. Of course, you're all around town. Now, were you oh. doing on-camera work at Refinery29? Yeah. Like, were you doing like news stories or like what kind of work yeah. were you doing yeah. there? I had like a pop culture show. That's actually oh, how I cool. met Juliet and Kelsey. Um, oh, okay. They came on set and you know, on my show. And we and really you interviewed them. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's so funny. So that's kind of what I'm doing now or what I'm starting to do. And I also thank the pandemic because I started like Zachary Reality and started my own podcast and TikTok and everything in the pandemic. So it's really like you have to work and make um, what you can do for yourself. You have to create these opportunities for yourself. And I think you've done a really good job at doing that. And I think where you really started to skyrocket is when you started doing your Instagram dating show. So tell me about that. How did that kind of start? Yeah, I mean, I was just, I quit my job February 2020 to really focus on building my brand. Um, but I didn't really know what I was doing. I was more focused on live events, like, because I love, you know, live being with people um, and connecting that way. And then, of course, as we all know, I couldn't do that anymore. So I kind of just had to pivot and I just started going live on Instagram. And I had a show that I would go live every single day. It was called Quarantinis with SFK. And I just drink a bottle of wine to the face and talk to my followers. And that was really great because I think that SFK is this persona. And I think it really like kind of like showed this like more raw, real Serena side of me mm-hmm. that my fans didn't really get to see. And then um, I was single and I was very interested on how singles were supposed to navigate the pandemic because I felt very isolated and alone mm-hmm. and without choice to like, I couldn't go date. So I wanted to normalize FaceTime dating, like meeting people on an app and then FaceTiming and, and showing how cool and, and normal that was. Um, and then I kind of just like asked a friend, like, hey, can you you know set me up on a date on Instagram Live? And it really just took off from there. Yeah. And then you literally had like, you had two seasons of the show, right? Right. Three fucking three season, seasons. Three seasons, <laughs> 50 men. And I sold the entire second season to sponsors for six figures. Yeah. Like, including insane. And yeah. did you, you ended up dating one of the last guys, right? We dated for like a week, like, like a little bit. It's funny. Oh. Like when I, I went back to Sarasota to film and then I asked to go instead of booking the flight back to New York, I went to LA to go see him. And then we broke up within the day. That was there. So the million dollar question is, can you truly find love on Instagram? Uh, no, <laughs> I don't think that, I think that, you know, what I've learned is that, you know, I think there's such a question that comes up as like, is reality TV real? And I think it's, yes, like it is, you know, mm-hmm. like the, there's what I've seen from my experience on my show and then going to Juicy Yes to Key, like the whole concept that it's scripted, it's not. Like no mm-hmm. one ever handed me a script. Yeah. Um, obviously, it is produced. Yeah, it's produced. Yeah. Exactly. But, but there's a lot of authenticity to it, which is why people watch it. If it wasn't authentic, they wouldn't. Mm-hmm. And I really yeah. also think that, but I, that being said, I think that when a camera turns on, something happens like it just to everyone it's like yeah. it's, it's the the feeling of being surveilled and recorded you there's a different part of you that comes out it's, and I'm not even referring to this here I'm re- really mm-hmm. referring to my show so the reason why I don't believe like shows like The Bachelor and by the way of course there's exceptions like we've seen tons of people in The Bachelor get together and married great done mm-hmm. but in general like if you, you want to find love I think the way to do it is to be completely 100% authentically yourself without fear or, or feeling self-conscious. It's hard to do that when there's a camera in the room. Mm-hmm. It's doable, but it's hard because are you, there's always that question of like, is this truly, truly you? Or is this you maybe finessing a little bit for the camera? And that was a problem that came on my show a lot. Mm-hmm. I also think there's another level of like clout, right? Like I think that the guy that won the season was just there for the clout like yeah and I think that that's just kind of that comes with the territory you know like it's I mean it's a tough show to do with the Instagram live dating show how many straight men are going to want to do that with Mm me on the other receiving end I'm amazing but I'm tough so um you know you have to be super fucking confident and really give no fucks which like 
it's it's a tough sell. So I, but that wasn't really, you know, ultimately the point of the show. I mean, in the beginning it was, it was to meet people that I did. Like I dated, I've been on dates in real life with a lot of the guys from the show or stayed really good friends, mm-hmm. follow a lot of them on Instagram still. So, you know, that to me was important to show that like we determine success as a man that gets down on one knee. And I think it's wow. bullshit. I think yeah. success is making friends, connections, learning about yourself. You know, that's why I say go on dates to everyone. Like there's nothing, there's no fear here because either like you get a free drink, free meal, you get fucked, hopefully get orgasm out of it. Or you just learn something, what you like, Mm -hmm. what you don't like, what's a red flag, what's a green flag. And that's only going to make your experience better in the future. Yeah. So what was the biggest difference in creating your own show and then being on an actual reality show with other cameras filming you? Now you're no longer in the driver's seat. Right. So honestly, like that I loved um because well obviously there are pros and cons to both but like you know I don't think people understand especially like you know past even Instagram dating show like I make I work for a lot of brands I work for Absolute Nike I've you know done work with Svedka Air France Google Amazon like I make really high quality content that I act in write direct myself and like you know I'm in I produce it I produce everything so I pick the location I like shot list everything so what I loved about being on Siesta Key was that I just showed up as myself. Yeah. Like I did not have to worry about lighting, sound, shot list with intent, nothing. Mm-hmm. I just showed up and I just listened and I got involved. Um, and that's what I really liked about it was that like, it didn't feel like this production. Like I literally yeah. just myself. Yeah. And I want to dive all into Siesta Key because I'm loving you on this season so much. So how did you kind of get the call to go? Was Juliet and Kelsey, like, well, Juliet, did she actually, like, invite you? Or was it, like, more behind the scenes, like, producers were like, we want to get Serena Kerrigan here? No, no, no. It was definitely Juliet. Juliet, like, and I've been talking about me coming on the show for a long time because okay. we really are very close. Um, but, like, it never worked out because I, I had a full-time job and there was the pandemic. And then it just kind of, like, there's just a sweet spot where it was, like, winter in New York. I just wrapped the second, the third, the second season of my show. And it was just great timing, you know? And, and also I felt like I wanted to be, I know that she was launching her business and I wanted to be there for her that, but I also, you know, had met Madison and I met some of the other girls and I've seen these seasons of the show and I've seen mm. the way the women get treated or let themselves be treated. And I thought that beyond just Juliet, I thought that I could help the other women. And I did. Yeah. So who did you know before you went to film? I knew Brandon, Madison, Juliet, um, and Kelsey. Okay. And how like much of the show did you watch before you went? Were you like a fan of the show? Did you see every season? I only saw season one. I didn't watch season okay. two. But then I kind of rewatched it to really get a sense of like what was going on, especially between Kelsey and Juliet, because I remember when I met them, they were really good friends. We all went to we mm-hmm. they, came to, they came to New York multiple times and I would hang out with them. We went to fashion week together. Like it was them two and me. So I was very curious on like what went down. Yeah. Because um, yeah. they are not getting along this season. They've always been like friends, but like best friends. And then last season they started to get go at each other. And this season it clearly just fucking exploded. And I'm glad that you kind of waited, we waited a couple of weeks for you to come on here because last week's episode was fucking insane or the week before when Kelsey slapped her in the fucking face that was probably one of the biggest fights I've seen on reality tv all year it was fucking insane yeah were you there to witness that I it was it was a really intense night um it was bad it was really bad you know I think it was just like it was bad yes we saw and there was, was just a lot of chaos you know started with the pool 
you know, that was like the push in the pool that was very unexpected. Mm-hmm. I just like, I don't, I don't, I don't do that. Like yeah. I don't and that kind of stuff. So like, it was just very odd to me that like, these are beautiful, smart, you know, people with big platforms and it got to that level. It was just super disappointing. Yeah. But don't you think those things are more likely to happen on a reality show? Like, do you think the producers kind of egged that on or was that literally all them? Without, out, no, absolutely not. Like it was, it's bad. Like, you know, like MTV as a network, I know doesn't condone violence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just got really out of hand. And then they ended up kind of kicking her off the island. There was a lot of comments online saying that they left on purpose early to go to the Super Bowl. Can you kind of like confirm or debunk that rumor if you know anything? No, that's not true. Okay. No, because we all returned, all of us who stayed returned the night before the Super Bowl. So they would have Okay. They stayed, they would have come. So no. Oh, okay. And how many more days were you on the island? How many days were you on the island period? I think I was there for three weeks and I stayed, I stayed till the end because I still hadn't talked to Madison yet because after that fight, things got really, things fell apart. Mm -hmm. And so I had, you know, some, you know, conversations that I still needed to have and they didn't occur. So, and also I like, you know, I love Juliet obviously. And I had, I mean, at that point I really made relationships on the Island and I'm super independent, but you know, like I wanted to kind of like finish it out. And also I like, it was freezing in New York and I was like, I have no, no rush to get back. Yeah. Were you able to work on the Island? Like, did you have Wi-Fi? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was not cool. great, but I did. Yeah. So did it feel like a free vacation in a way though? It definitely felt like a vacation, but then it did it. It yeah. like, cause it was work, but like, yes, there was, there was free time. Like, it's not like one of those shows where there's like camera, it's not like big brother mm-hmm. where I'm like, they're filming everything. You know, I had a lot of time to kind of like, you know, chill out, especially cause I'm not like a main character on the show. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm a main character in real life, but like on the show, I was mm-hmm. very sub. So I was there. I said like, however you want to use me, how many, like I'm, I'm here, I'm, you know, available. And, um, and I think that you can kind of see with my trajectory, like, I think the first time I like I'm on camera, I'm kind of like timid. Cause it was really, truly like my first time on camera. Like I, mm-hmm. it wasn't like, this is how it's going to go. It's like Serena. And I'm like, Oh wow. Okay. And it's just like, it's, 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 that's it. Like there's yeah. no redos. There's no different takes. Like, it's like, they're just filming. Mm-hmm. And so you can see that I'm a little more shy. And then I, I, I let go. And well, I then go. you, then you became the fucking fairy godmother. Did you ever expect that to be your role? Am I the first person to call you the fairy godmother of CS to key? You are. And I definitely, definitely expected that that was going to happen. Okay, cool. I mean, you're kind of giving everyone advice because you have such good business savvy advice. And then all these girls, they need help. I mean, they're all going through individual things. Who did you feel like you bonded with the most while you were there besides Juliet? I think Madison. I think Madison and I connected in a great way. I think that, again, like I, I to come as an outsider and have people open up to you is a challenge that I love doing. I also was a confidence coach during quarantine. Like I literally confidence coached women from over 150 women from ages 14 to 60. And so I have a lot of practice with like me for the first time. And I, I ask to you to show me your soul, you know? So yeah. I felt, I love that scene with her and like, you know, it sucks. Like the TV, it gets edited down. Like it was just, it was really beautiful, but I thought that they really showed the best part. So I'm not like, but yeah, I mean, it was like, she was very vulnerable and it's very real and you know, mental health and anxiety, it's such a real thing, but I think really like, it's about really nurturing the relationship with yourself. Like that is really the most important, but yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised that I ended up being this kind of 
fairy godmother. Like, I mean, I, Madison and I are the same age, but like, I am from a different place and I'm also very removed and I was never going to come there to cause drama. Like I was mm-hmm. never going to like, I did not want to go with anyone. I didn't want to like get involved with anything. I really wanted to be there as a resource. And I think that that was great because I've seen the show in the past. And usually when they bring in an adult, like a real adult, not like an us adult. Yeah. Yeah. It's not relatable. I'm like, I don't give a shit if this woman's giving me, giving her advice like that. I don't care. Like she's like way older career. Great. Whatever. But like when you have someone your age giving you advice. And I think that's why people really resonated with me because it's like, Oh, like this girl's like us. We can be like her. We can have her mentality. And I think that that is why it was such a success. And I'm so, I'm so glad. I was super nervous. Like the comments before I got on Siesta were fucking mean. Like people were like commenting saying I looked 50. I was like, fuck off. I literally look 27, maybe uh, actually 24, but whatever. Um, but it was just like, it was nerve wracking because I knew that like, they don't new exposure. The want new people. They know their people. They're invested in their people and they don't want new people. Why are we, why are we bringing a girl from New York? Like her mom works at MTV. Like, why do we need her? Blah, blah, blah. But truthfully, like I got on the show on my own, um, totally on my own because Juliet and I had a great relationship and because of what I built. And I knew that I, they, they knew I would be a great resource and they were right. Yeah. And were you the only single person on the island? I mean, besides Joe, but yeah, but he ended up having like a showman's thing with yeah, Stephanie. Yeah, I, I was. And that was, you know, did it bother you to go to paradise? Mm-hmm. No, it didn't bother me at all. It was just like, damn, this is a fucking beautiful place. I'd love to have sex on the beach, but I can't, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. But if you did, you could have brought someone if you like were dating someone kind of like what Kara did. And then her, we never even saw her man. Did you never see Michael? No, we just like saw him from like a background, like on the boat. That's it. Yeah. I didn't even know his name was Michael. (laughs) But I was there to work. You know, I wasn't there. It wasn't a vacation. So. So what advice would you give to Kara? Because I feel like she clearly needs it. I mean, she came on really condescending and just like not good energy. Did you get that vibe from her in person or was that just what we see on the show? I think I can't speak to how she is to everyone else. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I remember the first thing she was like, she loved my dress and we talked and we kind of bonded over. She lived in New York. So we bonded over New York. So I really never like had any issue with Kara ever. Like I actually, I thought she was funny. Mm -hmm. So now that you're on Siesta Key, you have this all, you have new exposure. Do you feel like there are, you have more fans now, like from the show and they don't even know like who you are on Instagram? I know that's such a weird concept someone actually just commented on my tiktok being like wait are you juliet's friend and like like because obviously it was like on her for you page yeah i mean obviously like i think that that's why i'm really happy because ultimately like the reason i want a following and i want to be quote famous is truly because i have a message to spread to make women feel empowered and so however i can amplify that message i'm game and that's why i did the show because i was like i know besides like you know, helping Juliet, but like, let's be real, I could have FaceTimed her, right? Like, yeah. I was like, I have an opportunity here to to show what a confident woman, a businesswoman is like, who's young and hungry and who isn't letting, you know, her life be dominated by wanting validation from that. Mm-hmm. Do you think you'll be on next season? I think that's a definite possibility. Ooh. Now, they just went back to Siesta Key, the entire group. Now, you ended up going back to New York, but I remember you put up, like, a story that they asked you to come fly back down. Like, what else can we kind of expect for the rest of the season with you or just, like, with the show in general? I 
don't want to comment on that. I think you just have to watch and see. Okay, I cannot wait. Um, I also want to ask you about Chloe because she didn't end up going to the island, which was really sad. She was actually my favorite on the show. Always has been my favorite. Everyone's favorite because she causes the most drama and that's just like what we want to see. Um, Well, thank God she wasn't there because we had enough drama on that island. Yeah, period. Did you know her? Yeah, so Chloe and I had DM'd a bit before because I asked her if she was going and she was like, I can't. And I really respected her decision. I think you have to choose yourself always. And it's a lot of pressure to be a part of a show like this and to say no and to choose yourself and to walk away. So I was super proud of her. I ended up meeting her when I went back down to Sarasota and I totally was super fucking intimidated, obviously, like very scared because I was like, this is the queen bee. Like SOK is the queen bee of the internet or of my following or my you know life in New yeah. York City. But when I was on her territory, I was like very careful and we totally had it off. Like, like, oh my God. I cannot wait to see your conversation. I'm just going to predict that it's coming soon because you have all this advice on the show and then Chloe's going through her spiritual journey. So I feel like the two of you, we need to see that filmed. I need to know why there are no confessionals on Siesta Key because SFK in, in a confessional booth, that's like a okay. spinoff show. That is an empire. That is just me in a booth. Just me in a booth. You know, I think I kind of like it. I mean, it's just a, it's a, it's a format. It's like you know, the hills or Laguna Beach. It's just the way the show is formatted. And what I like about it, it's like everything is in real time. Like everything is happening as it's happening. Um, and you watch a show like The Bachelor, and like something happens, and then like they just cut it immediately with the reaction after the fact. But like. I think that people act differently when they're behind closed doors, being able to comment on something that just occurred versus having to comment in the moment, mm-hmm. whether that's yeah. good or bad. So I, I, I generally like liked, I mean, it's, it's just the, the way the show's shot. The show's shot so beautifully and the crew's so amazing. And, um, and yeah, I mean, I think that there, I, what I really liked about this season was that like, I was like every single cast member, like their story is very real and very dramatic like it's like mm-hmm. just very like they're going through some real shit you know and 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 that's why it's funny to me people are like is this real is it fake I'm like I don't think we can fake like a pregnancy mm-hmm. you know miscarriage. Yeah. like you know there's so much going on here like that's really really real and I think it's so wonderful for some of the people even like close spiritual journey like I just I really appreciated how vulnerable and raw some of the cast was all of the cast really yeah like I was just very impressed by that because that takes a level of courage knowing that like you don't know how it's going to be edited and you definitely don't know how people are going to react to you and the, the internet is fucking vicious like I've seen screenshots of these groups that are commenting on the show and it's horrendous I cannot believe people troll like I, it's yeah. so crazy if I like married a guy and find out that he was like the one behind like mm-hmm. like I literally like I think I would actually pass away like yeah. I just like anyone in my life like I just cannot believe people do that and I think people forget that these aren't characters in a movie that they're real people with feelings mm-hmm. myself included um but ultimately people are going to talk shit so you gotta just have to like yeah I mean it's one thing to like talk shit to your friend it's like a whole nother thing to talk it online and that is just like a level that is just like disgusting to cross but like that's just kind of like the nature of the show. How would you describe your overall like time on Siesta Key as a whole? Were you happy that you did it? And would you think you would be more open about your personal life in the future on the show if you continue? I definitely loved the experience. And I think um, it really made me appreciate reality television a lot more. I think that like, you know, I've actually I have a card game, a dating card game. Called yeah, I, I want to bring it up. Yeah. 
And there's one of the questions in the game that says guilty pleasure. Like, what's your guilty pleasure? And so many people always answer reality TV. And it just kind of like, you know, after doing this, I and after doing my show, I was like, it just kind of rubs me the wrong way because I'm like, reality TV has such a bad reputation, but yet all of us fucking love it. Mm -hmm. And also it's like, these are people's real lives that the producers have to find a way to present to the world in a way that makes sense. If we get into a fight tomorrow, they need to figure out who is going to be talking to who, who's not, who can't stand who. It's 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 a real it's an orchestra and it's like it's very it's just it's it's a craft and I think that I wish people and also the people that are being filmed are literally letting themselves just be and being vulnerable and so open about their lives and it's just like that again takes so much courage so it's like I wish people would see reality TV as instead of this like a trash thing as like truly like artwork because it fucking is it's art like producing a reality TV show is art. 100%. Um, you know, in terms of like me sharing my personal life, truthfully, like, I don't think people are invested in my personal life. Like, that's why I didn't come up because mm-hmm. people were not watching the show for SFK. They were watching yeah. the show for Juliet and Kelsey and Chloe and Kara and everyone. So that's why, like, it wasn't even, I'm not there for that. And I don't, I honestly don't think, you know, I don't know. I just don't think that that's the purpose of me on the show. And even if I'm on another season, I don't think that's going to happen because I don't fucking live in Sarasota and I don't want to. I want to live in New York City, best city in the world. So when are we going to get SFK takes the city? We need that. I just, I I go back and forth all the time with it. It's just hard. It's like, it's a very, I think that also social media has changed everything, right? Like when the Hills came out and Laguna, like there was no social media. Mm-hmm. So like what you saw on TV, like that's just like what it was. And I've noticed even with this season, there's all this conflicting information about who actually took us to the island and who like, and like people are talking, you know, and it's a mess. It's a mess. Like even doing this interview, like I'm nervous that I'm going to say something I shouldn't because mm-hmm. even though I'm, I know I'm not, I'm a fucking professional, but like it's, it's very messy when there's another way of telling a story about people's lives and they're in control of that. And mm-hmm. I love social media for that reason, but it's almost kind of like, is the future of reality TV going to be like this anymore? Because technically, like, if you look at my Instagram stories, that is my reality show. Yeah. I love it. hundred percent. Right? So, I feel like reality TV's changed a lot though. Cause now we're getting more of like the fourth wall being broken. And I love seeing the producers like ask questions and shit like that. That just makes it more interesting. I want to ask about your sense of humor because you are so fucking dry and sarcastic I can't even tell if you're being like serious or sarcastic so like where is like the percentage or in general just in general just in this interview right now like where is this just like who you are who you've always been or like how much sarcasm is kind of brought into like your conversations oh man I fully didn't know I was being sarcastic um but I probably was um I don't know I think I'm New York baby New York City I'm from New York too let's fucking go where in New York I grew up in Long Island but now I'm in Los Angeles obsessed where yeah. I grew up in Dix Hills D-I-X you amazed I've taken the L-I-R-R um a couple times okay so, well, a lot of times actually did you grow up in New York Manhattan Upper West Side baby wow so you're in New York all awesome day girl. every day awesome, awesome girl. girl how was the event that you just went to I just had Davis on my podcast last <laughs> week and then I had Audrey on a couple months ago the premiere was amazing I loved it it was great um no but yeah I think that like it's the New York City thing and it's yeah. just an thing. Yeah. And you were just with um, a few of the girls from The Bachelor. I know you're yeah. not going to spill anything, but can you give spill anything on Bachelor in Paradise? Anything I that you might have said? 
I think reality Steve literally spoke. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I know who got engaged. I'm not gonna say it on this podcast. Yeah, 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 no. But honestly, like I really like it's interesting. It's like I I'm very close with Kit Keenan, who I've known for a long time because we have a lot of mutual friends. We're both from New York City. So, you know, we kind of all like gravitate towards one another. But it's great meeting the other women from The Bachelor because I did something similar. You know, everyone always told me to go on The Bachelor, like mm-hmm. always. Like that was like everyone said that to me. And I I really just wanted to be in charge of my own narrative and image yeah. you know and that's why doing csq like was scary because i was like i don't fucking know how mm-hmm. i'm going to be portrayed or received but i was just talking about this with a friend the other i'm like i'm so happy like i really feel like those two big scenes that i'm in with juliette and madison really exemplify like the purpose of me being on the show 100 percent. you were represented well and i think you got a really good edit you, you went and you got what you came for like you had that role and you played it right. And I mean, I'm looking forward to the rest of the season. What were some of your favorite reality shows growing up since you said you love reality TV? Laguna, The Hills, uh, America's Next Top Model. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? I watched. We everything. were rooting for you. We were all fucking rooting for you. Literally. Um, um, all of them. When, I'm pretty sure you said this, you coached Queen Victoria before she went on The Bachelor. Is that true? Yes. And, she, act- and she actually like, ended up going on as a fucking queen. I know I died to be honest. What, what advice did you give her? Well, she came on once and we had a really good session and she did another one. And she told me at the beginning, she was going to the bachelor. Like if she had asked me, should I go on the bachelor? I would have said no, mm-hmm. but she was going. So we had to prepare her well. And I just said, like, remember that you're a queen, talk to yourself in the mirror <laughs> and make friends with the other people on the show. You know, I don't believe anything that's on The Bachelor. I don't believe no. a single moment that's on that show. It's a very different show than Siesta Key. And it's 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 so, like, it's... Produced. It's, it's so overly produced beyond. I think it's also so boring. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, the sh- it's the show you have on the background when you're on your phone. And watching that's it. fair. I mean, uh, now it's become my... It's, like, literally become my actual job to watch the show. So now, right. like, I have to fucking watch it. But I like watching every single show. I, I watch, like at least 30 reality shows of course you do you're the reality guy but like i mean i liked matt's season and Mm -hmm. i i love rachel i love kit like i've loved some of the girls like chelsea and Mm -hmm. but like this season i'm not it but whatever that's fine that's what nor here but what did you think of queen victoria when she went on the show based on like what you guys talked about before i just felt really bad because i was like you know i mean obviously like we were texting and she like i made a tiktok that went viral and she was Mm -hmm. fine with it she thought it was funny because it's true like i was literally like the queen and she literally was a fucking queen yeah but I just think that like you know the you that show is like very boring to shoot because you're not allowed to bring anything like I had wi-fi I had stuff like I had my music they're not so like you're bored and if the producer like listen like do this I'm not saying that's what happened but I I know that's what happened you know it's like they're like do this then you're like okay fine they're like okay but like like they're like if you want more time with Matt like do this like I would fucking do it like who cares like you're so anxious like, I'm, I'm sure they're just so anxious to want to go do something so it's like I just like I feel bad because I think that that's the problem with reality it's like the people that are insecure are like the most easily ones to manipulate it 100%. that's why I would if they're not don't go until you've really built up your self-confidence uh-huh. regardless like she looks like a bad bitch she had a whole glow up mm-hmm. she won a bachelor in paradise so you know and I should we talk spoke, spoke the other day so yeah and she may or may not be coming on this podcast very soon so Amazing. you will have to keep updated um tell me about this confidence though like how do you um coach different people like how do you get clients uh, well, I don't anymore. I don't do it anymore because it's okay. just time consuming. And I, you know, I, my time is money, honey. 
but I did, you know, I just, I just, I I created this and like, it just was the right place, right time. People are home alone, fucking spiraling. And I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to help you. And it really just starts with talking to yourself in the mirror. Like you're your best friend. If you do that every single day and night and moment, then you will become SFK or like kind of hundred percent. Oh my God. I love you so much. And before I let you go, tell me about this card game. Tell everybody why they should get it. Tell us a little bit more about it and who needs it on CSC key. Did you bring it to the Island? You'll see. Oh, see where I brought it. Okay. Well, tell me about the game. The game is there's two games. Let's fucking date. Let's fucking fuck. Okay. Um, let's fucking date. It's for like groups of friends. It's like, it's like icebreaker questions, mm-hmm. but they go higher the base, the hotter the question. So first base, second base, third base, home run. Let's fucking fuck. I just released on six, nine national sex day, um, which is just more of one, something that's a little more intimate, like in your bedroom. So yeah, so it's great. It's, it's on letsfuckingday.com, excuse me. And we've sold legitimately thousands upon thousands of these games. Like it's, it's crazy. People love them. They say they have the best sex of their life, that their boyfriend proposed to them, that they said, I love you, you know? And so if you want something to make you feel confident on dating, whether you're dating your spouse or you're in a couple or you're just single or you're friends, that's orgies, multiple people dating the whole building. Um, and Uh, what else do you, um, what else do you have got what else do you have going on right now? Where can everyone find you? Serena Kerrigan everywhere. Um, I'm writing a new card game right now. Is it going to be uh, called Let's Fucking Suck? That'd be hilarious. Okay. And no. Okay. Uh, because you don't need a card game to do that. You know what True. I mean? Absolutely. Oh like my God. Yeah. So um, it's going to be called, I'm not going to say what it's going to be called, but it's great. We're working on it right now. I'm writing a scripted show right now. I'm pitching on an unscripted show right now. I, there's a lot going on in the SFK world, but really ultimately I'm focused on empowering women and empowering people to go on dates. That and to fuck. That, that's what I'm here for. Like, oh my God. I even, I, I've kind of altered my TikTok strategy even a little bit where it's like, I want to be the sex girl. And, the, and, and it's hard because mm-hmm. of all the like, you know, <sighs> rules, but mm-hmm. I really want to normalize sex, women talking about sex, you know, because the more we normalize it, like the less problems we're gonna have and then this whole concept of like it's a kid's app shielding kids from conversations surrounding sex I think is bs Mm -hmm. I think like I've had really hard conversations when I was very young I knew what sex was before I was 13 if we talk about it more we're less likely to run into not using a condom or getting pregnant when we're young or getting into Mm -hmm. a bad situation getting us so I'm here to normalize it okay amazing and you don't do youtube or podcasts or anything right not yet Okay. Your main platform is like Instagram, which you're, and TikTok. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Amazing. Well, everyone follow her. As obviously. Oh, and a reality star. Duh. Did we miss everything or we got everything? Serena, fucking Kerrigan, SFK, LFG. You got it all. All the it. fucking things. Okay. Amazing. We will have all of Serena's links down below so that you guys can check her out. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. All right, guys. That was my interview with the one and only Serena fucking Kerrigan. I will have all of Serena's links down below so that you guys can subscribe to her TikTok because she doesn't have a YouTube channel or podcast yet, but she did kind of give us a cliffhanger. Follow her on Instagram and buy her fucking card game. Do all of the things. Definitely, I want to thank Serena so much for coming on this podcast. I think she is one of the biggest guests I have ever had on. So that is so amazing for me. And I really enjoyed my conversation with her and getting to know her. As always, if you are a new listener, you guys can always subscribe to my podcast, Zachary Reality, on Spotify, iTunes, Apple, Stitcher. All of the places we are on, literally everywhere you get your podcast, but like subscribe to like, you know, my YouTube channel and like my 
podcast, wherever you guys have to subscribe, leave me a five-star rating, please, please, please. And I am so excited about this weekend because I am headed to San Diego to celebrate Pride. I'm actually going to be working the San Diego Pride this weekend. So I'm hoping that this weekend goes a lot better for me than my last weekend. And thank you guys all so much for listening. I appreciate you guys and I love you guys so much. And definitely always remember to check me out, Zachary Reality on Instagram. YouTube and TikTok. And I will see you guys in a couple weeks for a brand new podcast episode.